from KVMR Nevada City and in partnership with Freed. Welcome to Disability Rap. I'm Carl Sigmund with Carly Pacheco. October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month, and so we're spending today's show talking about the challenges and opportunities of being a disabled member of the workforce here in the United States. Later in the show, we will be joined by Jessica Grove from the California Department of Rehabilitation, or DOR. Jessica will tell us about DOR's vocational rehabilitation programs, which help people with disabilities find and keep jobs. But first, we turn to a subject that gets little attention in our society, subminimum wage labor laws. Under federal law, companies can apply for special waivers called 14C certificates, which allow employers to pay people with developmental disabilities below the federal minimum wage. Some workplaces that have 14C certificates are called sheltered workshops. Where workers with disabilities work in segregated environments. Often on assembly lines. Away from their non-disabled peers. Workers employed under 14C certificates. Can earn as little as $2 an hour. Last Monday, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill to eliminate subminimum wages for people with disabilities in the state. The bill, SB 639, will have California phase out the 14C program over the next three years, starting on January 1st, 2022. With the passage of SB 639, California joins Alaska, Maryland, Nevada, New Hampshire, Oregon, and Texas, which have all banned subminimum wage employment for people with disabilities. For more. We are joined by the author of SB 639. California State Senator Maria Elena Durazo, a Democrat. Representing Los Angeles. She worked with a number of statewide disability advocacy organizations. The 
to introduce the bill and push it through the legislature. Senator DeRazo, welcome to Disability Rap. I just want to begin by thanking you for championing this bill. Through the legislature. It is a huge win for our community. And actually for the nation as a whole. I want to ask you what motivated you to introduce this bill? How did you get involved in this issue? Uh, God, thank you, Carl. I feel so privileged uh, to have been invited to join with disability rights um, and organizations uh, uh, across the state to do something about this. And the reason is because really for me, it's about the dignity of work. I have spent my whole life as a labor organizer where I see that men, women, uh, immigrants, people of color, uh, people with disabilities, we get discriminated against all the time. We get discriminated, we get paid less, um, and there's always an excuse for that. We get treated worse, we get the worst jobs, and, and that's across the board. So I spend my whole life saying that's not right, that's not good, and that's not good for anybody in our community to let other parts of our community be treated as less. Um, and so for me, it's a civil rights issue. It's a labor issue. It's a community issue where we respect every single individual, individual human being for what you, for what we are to the, the, the right to aspire to do certain things in our lives. And nobody should be able to tell us, no, you can't do that. We decide what we can and can't do and what we want to do. And we ought to be given the opportunity and the, all the tools to be able to do that. So having been, uh, you know, uh, side by side with a hotel housekeeper who was just, you know, given, you know, 30, 40 rooms to clean and told you don't deserve any more money. That taught me. I was a farm worker. Uh, my whole family were farm workers in California picking cotton. I picked cotton, I picked grapes, I picked, you know, uh, uh, peaches. And we were always told, you don't deserve more. You should be lucky that you can, you know, make a few dollars. 
You don't deserve more. You don't deserve enough to be able to rent a home for your family. So live out of our barn, live out of our flatbed truck, live, you know, squat by in this land over here. It, it was terrible. And so all of that, um, Carl has taught me what I think I tried to do by introducing SB 639. And I'm so excited. We got it passed and we got it signed by the governor. It is now law. Here, here. Um, and thank you again for, for pushing that through, Senator. Um, and I appreciate your bringing up really the intersectionality, right, of all of these groups that um, have had such historic, you know, marginalization for generations. Um, and this is, this is a huge step forward. So um, could you talk a little bit about kind of the history of sheltered workshops, subminimum wage, um, and those sorts of labor laws, both in California or also nationally, if you have that perspective? Sure. I mean, um, Carl, you, you described um, sheltered workshops and, and what those are like. And uh, they're, you know, they're these centers where uh, people just perform repetitive tasks. Uh, you know, they're, they're just, uh, they're not really given an opportunity to do more than that repetitive task. And that's that, that's all you were made to do in your life. Um, they're not held to, they're not expected to develop the individual to another level. They're not expected, you know, to have the professionalism of, uh, doing something else to transition to another uh, another kind of work uh, in, in their lives in the community. So it really stems from a very archaic uh, relic of the 1930s. And, you know, it also dates back to a time when children with disabilities were denied an education, just flat out denied an education. It was before civil rights legislation, such as the um, ADA, Americans with Disability Act, um, which made, um, brought forward, you know, that we have to recognize the full humanity of persons with disabilities. So this states way back and it's similar to other groups of uh, uh, people in our communities, you know, domestic workers today still don't have the same rights to health and safety on the job. That dates back to slavery when it was black women who cleaned the homes and took care of our children and made it possible to work outside of, of, of the home. Um, so these are very old, archaic, uh, in cases of the domestic workers, very racist uh, you know, laws, and they're still on the books. And, and we have to fight like hell to change them so that all of these workplaces, all of these men and women are, are treated uh, with the respect that they deserve. So we, um, that's what we're up against, uh, but we've made a lot of progress on, on many of these fronts. Thank you, Senator. I just want to follow up on this. Now that SB 639 
will be law on January 1. And we will be phasing out the sub-minimum wage. For people with disabilities. Here in California. Over the next three years. What are the options for people? Who have been employed under these conditions? Ending the subminimum wage does not end employment opportunities. And, uh, I, you know, it's, that's got to be really clear. It just says employers have to pay the minimum wage. Over the years, we know that there are less employers using the 14C certificates. There are less individuals uh, being paid the subminimum wage. We know we're going in the right direction. We're, you know, it'll be hard. It'll still be a push, but we know we're going in the right direction. But there are so many uh, other uh, opportunities, alternative employment uh, services options. Just to give an example, there's uh, individual supported uh, uh, employment uh, where a person works independently on the job, but might need a coach, right, uh, to assist with certain responsibilities. And the DOR does provide uh, initial funding for job coaches. There's paid internship programs. We hear about internships all the time, paid internships uh, programs. There's apprenticeships. Uh, there's self-employment. Um, there's so many opportunities on self-employment uh, um, and uh, many sectors that I uh, mentioned uh, in our community, like women, women-owned businesses. Um, we have the Dreamers, the uh, undocumented immigrant uh, youth uh, who are, you know, starting up their businesses. So self-employment, I think, is uh, another big opportunity. Uh, group uh, placements where you can work with other individuals um, uh, with a coach on the job. Uh, and there's others going back to education, more education, post-secondary education. And, and then there are things that many of us throughout the community do. Volunteer, uh, volunteer programs, uh, that's something that should be opened up as, as well. Uh, and then, of course, there are some uh, that uh, uh, um, with more uh, severe uh, issues, um, programs that are open um, with one-on-ones um, for them as well. So the main thing is we are committed to individuals uh, with disabilities to have meaningful days uh, through all of these options without exploitation. That was California State Senator Maria Elena Durazo talking about the bill she introduced, SB 639, which was just signed by Governor Gavin Newsom last Monday. SB 639 will phase out 14C certificates over the next three years. We're now joined by Jessica Grove, Assistant Deputy Director of the Vocational Rehabilitation Employment Division at the California Department of Rehabilitation. In her role at DOR, 
Jessica manages the statewide vocational rehabilitation programs, which help people with disabilities find and keep jobs. Jessica has a master's degree in vocational rehabilitation counseling, as well as a bachelor's degree in deaf studies and American Sign Language. She's been with DOR since 2010. Jessica identifies as an individual with a psychiatric disability and is open about her disability. Paving the way for mental health disabilities. To be more widely accepted in our society. Jessica Grove. It is an honor to have you here on Disability Rap. I want to begin by asking you to briefly describe the vocational rehabilitation programs at DOR. So um, Department of Rehabilitation is really about independence, equality, and employment for persons with disabilities. Oftentimes people hear rehabilitation and they assume that it's specific to either individuals like myself who have a substance use disorder, or perhaps that it has something to do with corrections and rehabilitation. It's really not. It's really about working with persons with disabilities who may have barriers to employment and helping um, the individual to uh, decide what it is that they want to do, what they want to pursue as far as employment. It can be about um, obtaining employment. It could be about retaining employment. So maybe I'm a person with a disability and I'm working already and things are changing in the office place. Maybe we're moving to a virtual space instead and I need to get some supports uh, and some training around how to make that shift. Maybe I want to advance in employment. Maybe I, I see an opportunity to gain additional skills that would put me in a position for promotion or leaving my current situation and going for something at a higher level. So those are really the, the focuses of Department of Rehabilitation um, and the services that we provide provide across the state. There's uh, approximately 85 offices and about 1,400 staff that work directly in support of individuals who are seeking services from the department. Um, the services can really vary and it's very individualized to the person. So I often get questions about 
Well, uh, is this particular disability one that would be eligible for services with the department? It's really not about a disability category. It's about the individual and their functioning and how that would influence the work that they're interested in doing. So there's a lot of latitude around what exactly we can support, but it's all in, um, in an effort to reach that employment goal. Um, we also have a very large focus on working with students with disabilities. So that means somebody with a disability that's involved in an education system, and it, it can be a wide variety of education systems. It doesn't have to be traditional school. Um, and, and what we can offer there are services around um, skills you'll need to develop future employment. So that could include career exploration, job exploration. It can include work readiness skills to include job shadowing. Um, paid work experience is something that we offer for students with disabilities. Self-advocacy, and then also counseling in post-secondary and technical education. Jessica, thinking about the passing of SB 639, mm -hmm. um, could you tell us a little bit more specifically around how um, DOR is enhancing access to competitive integrated employment for everyone with disabilities, including um, those folks with intellectual or developmental disabilities that may have previously been employed um, with a subminimum wage job? So Department of Rehabilitation has worked for a number of years with our partners on the um, Competitive Integrated Employment, CIE Blueprint. So those partners are education and the developmental um, Department of Developmental Services, right, which is involved with the regional center system. And, um, and so we've been working in, in tandem um, to provide what we call career counseling and information and referral to individuals who may be working in um, non-integrated settings and in some cases who are or have been receiving uh, less than minimum wage. And so with, uh, with the passage of SB 639, we're really excited to continue that work and to expand it for individuals who, again, may be coming out of um, a non-integrated setting and who are, are interested perhaps in learning more about the opportunities for community-based employment, which is really our focus. It's the community-based employment. But another focus is that we also have to serve business, right? We have a dual customer. So it's, yes, it's the individuals. It's the talent side, developing the individuals for those employment opportunities, but it's also developing businesses' understanding of persons with disabilities as an untapped talent pool, right? So we have to serve both. We can do all sorts of exciting things like work with partners to develop training programs that are specific to the need of an in-demand industry or a business sector that has a lot of growth. Um, so there's a lot that we're trying to do around understanding businesses' needs so we can better prepare the individuals to be successful 
at that business and to help business expand their understanding of what people with disabilities can do. Because oftentimes someone without a disability or without the awareness of disability and the range, pictures like, oh, well, person with a disability couldn't do this job. From their frame, sure. But we know, you know what, it's not that complicated. Like, let us help you with this space. This isn't going to be such a challenge to you. And not only that, but it's going to be a benefit to your business. How can we change the story about disability that you should hire a person with a disability, not because of the social good, although that's awesome, but because of the profitability that it can represent for your business, right? There's market share to be had in the disability world. We cross all categories of diversity, right? So you want to target an age certain demographic, people with disabilities are in that space. And I see it as a really, again, an untapped resource for business around um, opportunity for competitive advantage. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little about your own background. As a person with a disability, getting employment. Because that is what we're talking about. So you introduced me as a person with a psychiatric disability. And I specifically use that term, although I know that there's a lot of um, people identify in many different ways. So behavioral health disability may be something that you'll hear. Um, For myself, I use psychiatric disability because um, when I finally started talking about it openly at work, um, I really wanted to remove the stigma from that. I have depression and a history of substance use disorder. So, you know, so for me, I was really struggling. I was coming up on the age of 35 and I found myself stuck and I could not change the behaviors. I could not change how I felt and um, honestly did not want to keep living. And for whatever reason, I decided I would give one last attempt at seeing if there was something that could help me change. And a piece of that was employment for me. And what I found at work was I'm also funny and I'm also really good at looking for ways to be more efficient. I was really awesome at customer service. And I started to learn about like how, not only like what are my strengths, but also how my disability really is kind of a bit of a superpower too. When I got to Department of Rehab, I decided I was not going to talk about my disability as the first thing. And as I, as I moved um, from position to position in the department, because I felt I wanted to grow and continue to contribute on different levels, I saw more and more people coming out publicly, uh, sharing their experience as a person with a psychiatric disability. And, um, 
And it bothered me more and more that I was contributing to the stigma if I wasn't willing to talk about it. At the Department of Rehabilitation, I was given the opportunity to talk about it at an all-staff call and share my experience and raise my hand and say, when you're talking about individuals who have substance use disorder, you're talking about me, Um, the number of people that reached out to me and said, um, you know, that that, uh, they have family members or they themselves experience uh, you know, too. difficult, right? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really powerful, and I felt so incredibly honored to be in the position I'm in and have the opportunity to, um, to let people know that they're not alone. I mean, that we're in the majority in some instances. Individuals with disabilities are there in every way and walk in life, and you don't necessarily know what someone else's experience is. That was Jessica Grove, Assistant Deputy Director of the Vocational Rehabilitation Employment Division at the California Department of Rehabilitation. Earlier in the show, we were joined by California State Senator Maria Elena Durazo of Los Angeles, who introduced SB 639, a bill to phase out subminimum wage labor laws for people with developmental disabilities here in California. SB 639 was just signed by Governor Gavin Newsom last Monday, September 27th. And that does it for this show, which was produced and edited by Carl Sigmund. Special thanks to Courtney Williams for her support. To listen to the show again, go to freed.org slash disability or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carly Pacheco with Carl Sigmund for another edition of Disability Wrap. Disability Wrap.